and we're live there, we go. there it is what up ladies and gents look what normally up? we're talking to you on the business side today we're going to take a little bit of a different approach we're going to talk a little bit of business but what if you're looking for a job how about a more defined resume shut up and sit down business bros, business bros is your show where small business professionals, just like you, come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan C.S., the real estate bro with EXP Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and Jane C.S., the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Ah, I love it. Woo! And Woo-woo. the new uh, intro where we, re- we rewrote it is going to be coming in somewhere around the 15th of the month or something like that. So nice. I've got a new one. Uh, like, that was dope. Th- that one's cool, but it talks, it's, it's pretty long winded. So we kind of truncated it a little bit and, uh, and we'll, we'll it's going to be even we'll better. Like and it's going to give us an opportunity to say, welcome Business to another Bros. episode of actually we're Business not, it's going to be, a, it's going to already it's gonna say, say it that. for us. And we just, so we're start just going to show. Yeah. It's going to be great. But uh, before you get into it any further, let me give a little intro here. Today's guest graduated from San Diego State University with a BA and MA in speech language pathology. Being Middle Eastern and growing up in El Cajon, this guest experienced a witness challenges with American culture, both individually and in his community. From a young age, he's had a strong drive and passion for helping people. His education and credentials put an emphasis on proper English pronunciation and using these skills in daily conversation. Our guest's purpose is not to eliminate an accent, but to increase overall communication effectiveness. And this is not only in speech therapy, but also when it comes to helping you write your resume. So, from the Culture Collection, and uh, actually, was there a name for your resume writing company? Uh, it's actually still in the works, but it's probably going to be Top of the Stack Resumes and Communications. Top of the Stack Resumes and Communications, welcome to the show, Jordan Mantel. Woo! Appreciate you guys for having me. Thanks for joining he, he us like, today, man. He rocks those intros, dude. Well, actually, I totally stole it from the website. <laughs> Theculture-connection.co. <laughs> Yeah, culture connection is uh yeah. Anyways, uh, you killed it. <laughs> well, tell me, Jordan. Uh, tell me a little bit about about how you got into the whole resume writing gig. Uh, really, it kind of started with watching YouTube videos. Um, I guess it was about a year ago, and a, a lot of people know uh, there's a personal finance guru on YouTube. His name is Graham Stephan. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Um, watched a lot of videos on his side hustles, uh, on personal finance, on real estate, passive income, just that kind of overall financial freedom mindset and started to just brainstorm different ways to make some different money. Actually started by putting one ad on Craigslist in San Diego back in March of 2019. Um, got a couple calls, started doing it. Always been a strong writer. Um, started taking some training, doing some workshops. And then kind of back in October, I started expanding and posting in more cities uh, as I 
expanded my bandwidth. Now I'm actually today in 15 cities. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how it started. Dude, nice. Hopping into the uh, resume game. I've, I've always had this idea of a resume as uh, something I would put a lot of time and emphasis into. And then I became an employer and I realized they kind of all look the same, right? Like, well, at least from the most part, how do you differentiate them a little bit? Yeah. So it's really industry related. Um, you want to do something that's going to kind of add that wow factor in terms of design. So a lot of people don't think about incorporating graphs, um, numbers, analytics. The thing is too, is that sometimes it's hard to differentiate who the resume is for because in modern resume times, um, these resumes are being put through what's called ATS, which is applicant tracking system. Uh, it's pretty much a software that is reading your resume and scanning it for keywords and then matching it towards that employer's job description. So oftentimes the hiring manager won't even actually see the PDF or Word document of your resume. He'll just, or she'll just read the report produced by the ATS. Um, so if your resume is packed in with keywords that is very similar to that company's job description, you're going to be in really good shape. Sounds a lot like SEO. Pretty much. Yep. Essentially, that's pretty crazy. So, when you sit down with with uh, with anybody looking for a job, uh, they usually come at you with. Uh, I'm assuming, like a a client would come at me with taxes. Here's a box of receipts. Figure it out. Like, tell me what to do. Do they come at, like like How do you get somebody prepared to write a resume? What should they bring to the table? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, in my initial call, when somebody contacts me, I just get a, a little bit of a feel for who they are. Um, what their career history is, and then what sort of path they're trying to take. They might be trying to switch careers or stay in the exact same career. Um, and then I hold a, a follow-up, very comprehensive interview where I interview my clients. Some of them, most of them have resumes. Uh, they obviously need work. And I go uh, comprehensively through their entire work history, and we figure out not just what you do on the daily, right? Because if I told you what I did all day today, you wouldn't give a crap. You want to probably know if I'm even going to tell you what I did today, what the impact was of that. So it's super important to develop accomplishment based language that can demonstrate the value you bring to a company, right? So instead of saying, answer telephone calls and responding to emails in a timely manner, you could say, answered an average of 46 telephone calls per day, 26 emails, which resulted in a 68% increase in customer service retention, right? That's just, that's just a random example. But um, you can tell that's more accomplishment based. It paints a better picture and tells a better story. Yeah, it, it's focused on what I'm looking for. Right. So when I'm sitting with my students and we get to the, we always start off the beginning of the year with employment. And so naturally a resume is one of those sections. And uh, a lot of them say, I already have a resume. It's done already. I'm like, you know, yours, your off the shelf, you know, templated resume isn't very valuable that way you have to make it not only specific and unique to yourself but specific and unique to the person that you're handing it to so if you're going to be you know applying at mcdonald's that's totally different than if you're going to be applying at vons and that's you know the example i'm giving them when they're 17 right but but it's a different type of job uh bagging groceries or stocking shelves is different than flipping burgers and washing dishes so are you uh, helping them tailor to the employer themselves or are you more helping them kind of template it for like specific specificity on what they do? 
Yeah. So the key is really achieving a mixture of both, right? Um, sometimes my clients don't know the exact position they're going to be applying for yet, which can make it tricky. So really all I can do at that point is take the sector uh, that they're looking to apply in, perform my own extensive market research and keyword optimization, couple that with their accomplishments, their work history and craft, uh, really a brand um, for them professionally. If they do know exactly the position that they're going to be applying for or a multitude of positions, they send those positions over to me um, and I specifically integrate language from those job descriptions into their resume, uh, but in a, in a natural organic way, not just, you know, copy paste, obviously. So um, yeah, it really just depends on each client's situation, but you ideally you would like to blend uh, a mixture between both. Dude, everything that, uh, that we were used to about six or seven weeks ago has traumatically changed, right? I yeah. mean, everything from, uh, where you work to, you know, how you do your work to when people are hiring and, and whether they're in a position to hire or let people go. What do you, what are you getting a sense of with, with COVID? Uh, I've had a, April was my biggest, was my busiest month yet. Um, and I expected it just because of obviously all the layoffs. Um, people didn't necessarily have another job lined up that they were like, Oh, I need a resume for this. And a lot of them didn't even really know where they would be applying it. They just wanted to have it ready to go, you know, once we open back up. Uh, but I've, all my calls have been, I either got furloughed, I got laid off. Um, they cut my hours. Uh, it hasn't been positive for the most part, but at the same time, I've had some people also get hired this past month. So I think it just depends if you go and on indeed or any of the major uh, job platforms, LinkedIn is another great one. There are still a ton of positions out there to be had. Um, now, whether that means they're looking to hire this moment or they're looking to hire once things kind of get up and running again is kind of, you know, we don't, we don't really know yet, right? Hmm. True. What what areas are you looking in uh, that, that seem to have a, a increase? What areas are you looking in, at as far as jobs are concerned that are kind of falling off the market? Um, so like lot, lots of jobs available right now for like customer service and admin support, right? Um especially in uh, like different sectors like technology, um, like SaaS sales is still uh, pretty prevalent, account management, anything sales related. But I've seen a lot. I've done a ton of customer service and admin support stuff lately. So um, that, that's kind of where I've seen the jobs have been. Dude, so what does someone need to do to get in contact with you or to find out more about getting their resume done? Yeah, absolutely. So you can call me at any point in time. Um, I'm available pretty much at all hours of the day. So my personal phone number, my email, um, and then I also have my my personal ads. Um, as of now, I'm actually working with a business development professional. Uh, we should have a site up and running uh, within the next 30 days to expand and um, kind of reach a larger market share and establish a presence on Google because technically I'm still a little bit of a you know, quote unquote startup. Um, but yeah, been able to help a lot of people get some great jobs, uh, at Google, Amazon, actually the NBA, Boeing, uh, just to name a few. All right. You've been talking a lot about, uh, keywords and SEO type stuff. And I know, uh, cause we've had Hennish on the show that you also do some stuff on IG. Um, what are you seeing out there as far as, you know, IG's reach and, and, t and tell me a little bit about how we can use uh, our own content to, get a little bit more reach or how to get a little bit more engagement on our, on our platforms. 
Yeah. So um, with the different Instagram accounts I run, you really just have to pay attention to what's going on in the market. Right. And like I noticed with you guys, you are starting to tailor your content to what's going on in the world. And I don't know if you guys have seen an increase, um, you know, in your, in your, not your revenue, excuse me. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Listenership. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's really what I try and do um, in terms of Calvin Co. You know, they are, they produce a lot of great content and then I go ahead and optimize it. Um, I, I perform a lot of hashtag research uh, and then obviously having the Instagram, Google, uh, or like the business page, you can see how your hashtags are performing, what your reach is, uh, how many impressions you have, how many people visit your profile, how many people shared the post. Um, so I think just more than anything, pieces of content that I've seen do really, really well on Instagram and on social media platforms are ones that are authentic, right? Like not salesy, not uh, kind of like a purpose that's very individualized and geared towards whatever your business is but a genuine interest to help other people um, and just shine a light overall. So I think as long as you're being authentic um, and be performing, you know, your hashtag optimization and then just, I mean, networking is networking, right? Like there actually, there's research that shows, and I'm sure you guys know this, but engagement is very, very high right when you post whatever you're posting, right? So as soon as you post something, you need to be commenting on other things going on in your feed because that's going to actually mm. drive your post to the closer to the top of the feed. Um, another big kind of quote unquote myth is, Oh, I need to be posting on my feed five times a week. Absolutely not. Do not do that. So you guys know now that for the most part, a lot of people are very intrigued by stories, right? They don't want to scroll every single day to find posts you're probably just clicking your thumb on the top part of Instagram and watching all these stories. Now, with that being said, if you have good content, you should be producing two to three posts per week that are meaningful. Not, not cause there's a difference between like, okay, this is a story post and this is a, this is a feed post. Right. Um, so just be very strategic about your content. And then as soon as you're posting, make sure your engagement levels are the highest throughout the day. hundred percent. That's excellent advice. Cause, um, we do post every single day. So we do a post, at least one post. Um, sometimes I've been even considering upping that, but there are always clips of the show, something like valuable that somebody can learn something from, right? Sure. But on the stories, I've been I've started to try to take a different route. On the stories, I've been trying to make it more about something that I've gone through in my own life and trying to make it as authentic and as as story and relatable as possible. So actually telling a story rather than, you know, here's a picture of my food and, you know, here's, here's where I'm going later. It's more like, you know, this is what happened in my life at this point. Like I went through like today, for example, I was talking about uh, being broke. Cause I know a lot of people are getting in that position where they're running out of cash. Yeah. Right. And so I talked about what it was like for me running out of cash and what I was going through. And it's, it's as authentic as I can possibly get it but it's a little bit different than what's on my feed as a post, right? Cause all those are oftentimes what other people are saying from the show. Sure. Does that help? Yeah. I think that's a really good approach, honestly. And stories are a great opportunity for front facing videos, right? Like of you talking that unless the message is so, so clear or very purposeful, or if you have a big announcement to make, um, that should be pretty much geared towards your story. But yeah, like it sounds like you're doing exactly what you should be doing, which is assessing the market, assessing the world, taking your own personal and then applying them. 
It's also going to depend on the page and what the page is. Uh, I pay very close attention to how many viewers the stories get versus how many people I'm reaching on an actual feed post. Sometimes I reach two or three times as many people on a story. They view it two or three. Uh, you know, they I have three times as many people view the story than a feed. So why would I not be posting more on stories? It's all about visibility, right? Hundred um, percent. It uh, uh, when when you do post on the stories, the insight, the uh, the metrics on there are a little bit different too. So they tell you like how many people clicked forward, how many people skipped to the next story, how many people you know watched your your particular segment, um, right. how many impressions were made, or you know that sort of stuff too. What metrics and and help uh, well what things help us get more story views because i do drop hashtags in the story right and um usually what i do is i have like a, a set of hashtags that i've been using yeah. um and i shrink them really tiny and then i usually have other graphics i cover it up or whatever is that helping to get uh more engagement more views of, yeah. of that story it is it is and it also depends on the hashtag so you need to do a thorough analysis of what hashtags are related to what you're trying to target. Find a few hashtags that are very niche related, right? So like that don't have a ton of posts on them because oftentimes if you're, if you use the hashtag business, right? How many posts, how many story posts per day? Millions. On Millions. Your, your, your posts will get forgotten and you, it'll never get seen. But um, if you guys start getting some traction and all of a sudden you're like hashtag business bros become successful, well, that's your hashtag, right? No one else is looking at business bros except for people that want to look for you guys. So have a kind of mix of hashtags that are a little more general and then also a little more niche based. But the biggest advice I can get, and this literally catapulted story views for my accounts, is you have to tag the location every single time. Every time. Ooh. No questions asked. Always tag a location. Now, if it's a... If it's a um, it's, it's a, if it's a full minute video, right? Like a story, you know how it breaks it up in four 15 second segments, mm -hmm. tag the location on each 15 second segment, not just once. Um, so every, every segment, every picture on your story, tag the location. Um, and then you can shrink it. That's fine. Sometimes you might want to show it, you know, but I always tag the location. And when, once I started doing that, um, I started getting over a thousand views on stories. Wow. And that, that, that kind of makes sense because you're literally telling Instagram, this is where I'm at. Show people near me. 100%. 100%. 100%. Um, that the companies that I use, we leverage a ton is Instagram ads. Do you guys use them? I haven't done any paid ads for the podcast. Like Ooh. I can't say any, we've done a few when we uh. have something that we're promoting, but that's something I've been considering too. even setting a budget, even if it's like a couple bucks a day, to yeah. to target uh to retarget either our lookalike ad or lookalike audiences from our Facebook group or uh or our email list lookalike audiences from our email list. Yeah, and it just depends on where you're trying to drive traffic. So for pretty much um all the companies that I run their Instagram for, it's drive traffic to the website. Um and so for instance, I can give you a little bit of insight. Um one of the companies is a law group, right? And then each month I have about a four or $500 ad budget uh, to kind of play around with Instagram. And throughout that month, typically I'm driving anywhere from 70, 70 to a hundred people to a website per ad. So sometimes three, four, 500 people a month to the website per ad um, for the whole month. So it, it can be very lucrative depending on, you know, where you're trying to drive traffic. 
that that's uh that's definitely something we've been thinking about because um we don't really have an online strategy when it comes to driving traffic especially for things like uh recruiting people for our insurance company for example or recruiting uh people who want to start their podcast that's what i've been working on those are the two things that we mainly focus our attention on um and we've done a lot we've used the podcast more as a prospecting tool where we get to talk to people and and meet them and they most likely have an insurable interest and we've established and built that relationship but doing paid ads it's almost like uh you really want to look at the roi on those and we're we're questioning whether the return is there yeah no i totally understand i think before you even dump money into it you need to figure out where you're trying to drive traffic so i know you guys have been developing this podcast um like, is it a course or like a, not, it's a, it's pretty much like a course, right? Yeah, it's a course. Yeah. So do you guys have a website for it? Uh, yeah. Landing page website. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be worth it to just throw 50 bucks at it and kind of see how many people go to the website and how many, uh, convert conversions you get out of that. Um, see, you know, just test, retest, analyze and see what works and what doesn't. What what do you think would work better as far as uh, as ads are concerned? Like a video or an image? Because um, honestly, it, it's one thing that's that I've been really thinking about hardcore, um, and I keep stopping myself from making some little promo video real quick to 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 put it on an Instagram ad or a Facebook ad. Uh-huh. Um, and it's it's just a BS excuse that I tell myself why I haven't done it. There's no legitimate reason why I haven't done it. Sure. Um, but just curious, like a uh, image or, uh, or video. I think it depends on the piece of content. Um, I both have been very successful for me. Uh, testimonials have been super, super successful. Um, so depending on where you're trying to drive traffic to and what the product is. So for instance, this course, and I know you've already developed content explaining what the course is, but try and make your best piece of content for, you selling the course. And I think that would be best through a video if I had to guess. Um, because if I just saw an infographic of, Oh, try this podcast course. Like, yeah, I might click on, um, I might click on the link and it would probably take me to your page. Would I buy it? Probably not because I have no sense of connection to you. You didn't tap into my emotional intelligence at all. Right. So obviously like leverage your interpersonal skills, um, your sales skills to, you know, drive revenue. Damn, got to do that. Got to make sure I pull the trigger. All right, last little thing. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about social distancing. Uh, You and I both work at the same school, um, and kids are off doing their own thing. We got seniors that are about to graduate that um, don't get a graduation, don't get grad night, or stuck not even getting yearbook signed, essentially, you know, at the end of the year. Um, what do you, what are you sensing from students out there, seniors, maybe, uh, that are, that are kind of going through it? Yeah. Sadness. Um, unfortunately sadness, just because just that fear of missing out, um, and a certain extent, you know, they are, I know, don't know if there are, if there's a plan in place to kind of fill that void that's happening right now in the future. And I don't think anyone knows, but you know, kids in high school, their, their minds aren't fully developed and they don't really understand the the true implications of life quite yet or very few of them do um, and they won't for a few years. So everything that's going on to them right now is such a big deal. Their senior year is, you know, the main thing that's happening in their life. They're graduating high school. It's the next stage for them. So um, I feel for them. Absolutely. Dude, it's in these kids. um, 
you're right. They don't know that this is not the end. This is the beginning. But for right now, it's the culmination of 12 years of schooling. You know what I mean? Like they've been in, in that social setting. I mean, I don't know about you. I, I remember I, I actually liked high school. James, probably not so much high school. <laughs> yeah, he had nah, a, a little bit more of a rougher time. But but we all kind of look back in those memories, and this is the one class that's not going to get to have a graduation, not going to get to have you know their grad night. Um, nope. You know, what, what, have you have you been talking to any teachers, and and what what is the sense that you get from them? Uh, with teachers, it's it's kind of the same thing. I think we're all like right now, our focus right is just providing as much support and guidance as possible. Uh, for our kids to make them feel comfortable, to obviously facilitate distance learning um, and just kind of get through this semester so that, you know, we can move on and, and kind of see what happens. But yeah, I mean, the teachers I've talked to, you know, we all we all feel for the kids. And I hope there's something that's going to be put in place to where we'll all be able to celebrate them. They'll be able to celebrate themselves um, and, and really feel like they got their true senior experience. All right, dude. Um so we're coming up towards the end of, uh, of our time here, but you got multiple things going on. It reminds me a lot of myself always having multiple things going on. Um, we're coming to, I think what feels like the, the end of the COVID, uh, lockdown isolation period. Um, what do you see for yourself going forward? Where do you think you're going to focus more, most of your attention on, uh, and why? Yeah, so this is a problem that I have in my everyday life. So I'm busy enough right now to where I have a resume due almost every day. Um, plus, I'm obviously a full-time speech-language pathologist for the school district, so that takes up a bulk of my time. But I have this kind of um, like innovative, a little bit of like an entrepreneurial mindset to where I want to I want to dabble in that, and I want to try this, and I want to try Amazon FBA, and I want to create a course, and I want to start a YouTube channel. I want to do all these things, right? Uh, what's working really, really well for me right now is what I'm doing and, and my resume business. And um, I'm starting to streamline and just kind of be a little more like, you know, straight line as opposed to just being all over the place and trying a little bit here and there uh, because my goal is to really expand that and, and kind of blow it up. So that's really where my focus is. And I think uh, it should be being that once we open back up, you know, jobs are going to pick up, people are going to need jobs. So I, I want to take full advantage of that. So you, you want to focus on, on the resume business? Yeah. I mean, obviously my main job is being an SLP, but yes, like my main side hustle is I want it to focus on the resume in, in, in accordance with continuing to do social media uh, and a couple of the other small things I do, but I want to get that up and running to where I can start outsourcing a little bit and then start moving on to something different. And, you know, it's all about creating those passive income streams uh, and, you know, achieving fire as soon as possible. So what, what is it that you're, uh, what's your, what do you want to shoot for? Like, what's your one thing that you're trying to attain? There's a lot of people who like, we work our asses off. Yeah. Um, but with no real end goal, end goal in mind, it's just, we work because first of all, I mean, what else am I going to do? And I like money, but what, what kind of like goal are you going for? What kind of vision do you have? I have a vision of fire, which is financial independence um, by 35 or 37. I want to be able to look at my investment portfolio uh, and have the option to not work for money anymore. Uh, just, I mean, everything I do right now is working for pleasure, but to have money not be a factor, um, to go travel the world, to help people, help my parents, help my friends, help my family, and then obviously make an impact. So 
sacrificing a lot right now so that I can get to that point. Um, but once I do, I'll, I'll be super happy that I did. Dude, that's a good one. Do you have a, do you have a number in mind by chance? Like what, what does that number look like? Um, I think, so here's the thing, technically speaking, like fire is 25 or 30 times your annual expenses. Right. And it's a hard number to calculate because your expenses 10 years from now are probably not going to be what they are today. Maybe they're less, they're probably going to be at least a little bit more, right? Just with inflation and with the way the world works, you got kids, family, whatever the case is. Uh, for me, I think like a safe number at least is probably like 1.5. Um, but I mean, I would like to get to two and more than that. What's crazy about this, if I might just talk about it really quickly, is people think that once you get to a certain number in your portfolio, the money stops growing. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not contributing anymore. The money's not growing anymore. That's false. That's 100% false. So if you get to, you know, let's say your number is 1.5 and in 10 years you get there and you don't really have to touch your investment portfolio because you have other passive income streams that cover your monthly expenses, that 1.5 will grow to at least probably 4 million by the time you're 60 at maybe a seven or 8% return, nothing crazy. And the S and P has returned whatever it's returned 12 or something. Um, so I can't advocate enough how much I am a believer in sacrificing, saving, investing. Um, think, 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 think before you buy something. Just think. Is, is that cultural you think, or, or is that like just something you learn outside of the family? Oh, absolutely not. That is not, that is not a family thing with me <laughs> or a cultural, uh, no, not that my parents are bad with money, but, um, you know, I, I definitely grew up in like a kind of a mid-sized household income, had everything I want and needed for the most part. Um, I think it's something that I just pursued on my own. Uh, and honestly, it's technology, the access to YouTube, um, obviously books or podcasts, um, things like that, that really just open your eyes about what the possibilities are and just defeating the norm, right? Defeating the work to 55 norm, defeating the 60 norm, um, having that freedom to just do whatever you want, whenever you want. Dude, that's a, it's a great goal. James and I have that, uh, 30,000 a month is the goal in passive income from our businesses or real estate. So, awesome. uh, awesome. you know, honestly, that's, that's, uh, not that that's super ambitious, not even 1.5 dude, it's 360 grand a year, but even that amount of money is, is honestly hard to spend. So, you yeah. know, it, it's, it gets, it gets pretty ridiculous at some point, but, and, and it's not like we thought of that number. Like, you know, we put a lot of effort into coming up with the number. It was literally like, that sounds good. And we picked that number and it's just been the target yeah. since, but it's that. a goal. It's a goal, right? It's, it's something to work towards. Absolutely. That's great. And I, and I encourage people to test your limits with spending, right? Spend a month or two and spend some money. See how you feel. I know for me, when I go out for a $50 dinner, I feel no different than if I cooked at home. The feeling, I, I'm not any happier, I am not any less happy. So figure it out um, and you'll, you'll see what your true comfort level of spending is. It's very powerful. Yep, you'll also figure out what you like and what you don't like. So Absolutely. that's the other thing. Image is one thing, uh, pleasure is another. Time is the only thing you can spend and you won't get back. So you know, make a right choice. Jordan, thanks a lot for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. For sure. Thank you guys for having me. You guys rock. All right, guys. Talk to you guys later. Happy hump day. Whoop. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home? 
or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at seeusfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.